This is The Paris of the Plains. From Kansas City, I'm your host, Matt Hodap. I think I'd like to start my story kind of at the very beginning, not at the very beginning, before the beginning, before I was anything, and before uh, I knew how difficult life was going to be. How did we get here? Like, physically, here in Kansas City. Some of us were born here, sure. Others moved here from different cities. I'm a transplant from St. Louis, for instance. Try not to hold that against me. But some of us, some of us traveled here from a different country altogether. You know, it was her and her best friend, and that they started to make this venture to the United States, and they weren't sure where they were going to be or where they were going to end up. This is the first episode of an ongoing series here at Paris the Plains called How We Got Here. Each episode will feature someone telling their story of immigration or a story about how immigration has affected their life. For me, it's something that I want to at least talk about because it's something that I can talk about because I know people that are dealing with it that are afraid of being sent back and are afraid of being displaced from their own families. These narratives will show us how the people that call this place home came to be here and center the narratives of immigrants in our community. We start with Rodolfo and the West Side. So I finally had the balls to sort of ask my mother about how her and my father met. And she told me that she had moved from uh, Caracuaro, the little pueblo where she's from in Michoacan, It was her and her best friend, a married couple, and this old man that were going to sneak into the U.S. through the coyote, you know, the individual that smuggles and brings in uh, immigrants illegally. After Rodolfo's mother and her friend were smuggled across the border, they traveled up through the United States and ended up in Chicago. And then the very next day, Tuesday, she started working in a factory. Uh, It finally came to light how she met my father. And uh, she actually met him at the factory. He would offer her rides to take her home. And then, I guess, my brother, my brother Chico was born. But Chico wasn't born in Chicago. Rudy's parents decided to take a trip down to Mexico and call it bad timing, but his mother went into labor while they were there, meaning Chico wouldn't be an American citizen. He's the only sibling that was born in Mexico. So I think that's something that there's always been some sort of level of resentment or regret there. After Chico was born, Rodolfo's family went back to Chicago, had two more children, then California, that's where Rudy and his two other siblings were born, and finally they moved to Kansas City, settled in the West Side neighborhood, where Rodolfo's grandfather owned a shop. They offered the service to a community and to a demographic of people that was still sort of growing at that time. You know, my grandpa made his own Mexican cheeses, and I like to think that my grandfather might have had some sort of part in helping the spaces grow as to uh, to what it is now. If you've lived in Kansas City long enough, you've probably been to the West Side once or twice, even if you didn't know it. Have you ever had coffee at the Rose Street headquarters? A beer at the Boulevard Beer Hall? Gotten Mexican on Southwest Boulevard? That's West Side. Or at least the version most people are familiar with. It's a historically Hispanic neighborhood west of the crossroads. But like most neighborhoods, the main attractions for outsiders rarely show the whole truth of what's going on. 
So eventually Rudy's grandfather turned the shop over to Rudy's dad, who turned it into a restaurant, serving authentic Mexican dishes. You know, I have these very strong memories of the West Side growing up. My grandpa Rodolfo, you know, when he was alive, he would help and uh, put together these uh, bailes, you know, dances, and he would help uh, bring in Mexican musicians and um, other acts uh, here to the Midwest and have a big party. And I remember as a kid being dragged to them and hating them, but I just remember being dragged there. And I think now in hindsight, I wish I would have had a little bit more appreciation for that. Rodolfo remembers a beautiful childhood growing up in the West Side, but he also acknowledges it could be a rough place. There was gang violence, and Chico got mixed up in that roughness. And, well... Chico had been deported. He got in some trouble as a teenager and um, had the ultimatum of being incarcerated or to be deported. Um, And I think out of fear and maybe not wanting to be locked up, he opted to at least be around family and to be, and to go back to his, uh, his hometown. He's been down there for a while now. He had a son and he named him Rodolfo as well. So there's a fourth out there, but it's cute. But that's the other thing. Like I've not ever met this kid that's named after myself and my grandfather and my father, um, but, you know, but just the fact that there is something more stronger keeping us apart. And, you know, he had a second kid and he named him after my other two brothers. Um, and I think that's, you know, just a way for him to try to reach back to something that he might have lost. And it's heartbreaking and it's sad, but that's, that's something that a lot of people deal with, um, And that's why it's so disheartening to hear all this political crap that is surrounding these laws against immigration. And, I mean, how my parents probably wouldn't have been here if if those laws were implemented back then or if there was this impossible wall. You know, I wouldn't be here. Uh, My siblings wouldn't be here. So even with a lot of what's happening currently and hearing this phrase of uh, bad hombre, for me, I found it really empowering, but also something to kind of take and to own and thinking about the people that would view my brother Chico as this bad hombre because he was a little bit more uh, wild in his age. Um, I think about those comments and that there is this group of people out there that think something different of immigrants um, and how, you know, my family are those people, those people that are being labeled as, you know, this, that, or the other. Um, And that plays a lot as well from like where I was raised in the West Side. I want to go ahead and say that although when I talk about it one-on-one or what I might have mentioned in previous uh, interviews, 
I guess I there is this sort of tone or feeling that I might be speaking ill about it or that it was very awful. I mean, there were there was some really messed up things that happened during that time, but I love where I'm from. I love the West Side. I think, I don't know, I just wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. Rodolfo's family owned that restaurant in the West Side before people were flocking there for Taco Tuesday. And eventually, they couldn't sustain the business. They closed. But of course, the West Side has changed a lot since then. It's hard for me to sort of look at the West Side now as I start to see these newer figures sort of moving in and trying to, or, you know, calling it home or these new uh, fancy sandwich shops. And, and I feel like gentrification is such a dirty word sometimes. But, I mean, essentially that's what's happening. And it's been in play for a while I went into uh, Rico's Tacos, but as I was sitting there, I just saw a bunch of, like, white hipster kids with their, like, beers, you know, their their IPAs and their stouts and, you know, whatever those are. And I was looking at all these these people sitting around me, and I was thinking, like, man, like, if my parents' restaurant was still, like, around or if we were still like in the area, like we would be doing really good and we could be bringing, you know, that level of authentic Mexican food to this demographic of people that aren't necessarily Latino. And even how it was kind of a mind fuck just seeing all these people in there as well that weren't necessarily, you know, of color, sort of enjoying this food that I've known for for my entire life and how how now, like... It's tacos, tacos this, tacos that. It's like, all right, like, like we get it. You, you, you guys like tacos, but what do you guys know about albondigas? Or what do you guys know about mole? It's like, there's more to it. It's like these people who wouldn't ever be in this area, but they're just here to indulge and to enjoy a beer and then be off and go into their really nice, expensive homes in the suburbs. Even with the roastery, I go to the roastery almost every Sunday after I have brunch at my parents, and it's almost the same deal. I like their coffee. Um, but even, like I said, that's even a little weird to be sitting in the cafe and looking at all these people and thinking, like, they know nothing about this area. They know nothing about the young brown men that were shot and murdered just down the street. They're just coming in here for a good time, and they're going to be back on their way and maybe be you know, come back down in a few months to show their friends this cool place that has the airplane, you know. So it's it's kind of weird. So now Rodolfo is an artist. Maybe you saw his show at the Kemper Museum not too long ago. When he started to see his family's and many others' histories in the West Side start getting lost as more people moved in, he decided to try and preserve that history with his art. But... I think a lot of people from the West Side are maybe intimidated to ever step into a gallery because they feel like they may not understand or, you know, art is a luxury for, you know, people of wealth or, you know, somebody else but not them. So I wanted to represent this group of people that are, that don't art speak something just more relatable to where I came from. I mean, it was it was really great. I just remember, like, um, when they would open the fire 
uh, the fire hydrants and just sort of the neighborhood kids would come in and play in it. I remember walking down uh, towards the towards the end of the street to Ortega's Mini Mart and, you know, getting a snow cone and Ralph and Mary Ortega always sort of greeting me or walking down to Jarbo Park and playing in the rickety little playground that was there. Like I said, it was, I do have this really great memory of it, of, of cooking out with my with my family and, you know, them blasting uh, rancheras and, you know, making asada on the grill and, you know, uh, birthday parties in the back with all the cousins. I don't know, it was a very, it was a very vibrant and colorful place as much as it was sort of dark and um, scary at times. It was still this really great place to, I think, grow up. I think for a long time it felt like this little hidden gem for myself. And now, as more people become more uh, aware of the area, I have to just share it. And I feel a little like like I don't want to share. Um, but at the same time, I am excited to sort of share these stories. The best thing that I can do right now is to reflect and represent telling a real West Side story uh, and not something that was... No. I like that. Maybe we can end on the West Side story. Somehow, just like, play it up. Thanks to Rodolfo for sharing his story with us. You can find pictures of his artwork on our website, fountaincityfrequency.com. Fountain City Frequency is a Midwest podcast network dedicated to telling unheard stories from the middle of the country. You can find all our previous episodes at that website as well. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on our network too, such as No Wrong Answers, a show that features teachers discussing the most pressing issues of the day and how they're affecting their classroom. Also, be on the lookout for more episodes of this series, How We Got Here, Stories of Immigration. They'll be coming at you soon. From Kansas City, the Paris of the Plains, I'm your host, Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening.